0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Man, praise the Lord. I'm going to turn to Second Samuel tonight, chapter number 5. 2 Samuel chapter number 5. The Lord has been dealing with me on this for some time. And uh, I've come to encourage and strengthen you tonight some way to encourage, I hope. 2 Corinthians, or listen to me, 2 Samuel chapter number 5. 2 Samuel chapter number 5, starting at verse number 10, 5 and uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5 and starting at verse number 6 and reading down through 10. I'll get it all straight directly. Amen. Second Samuel 5 starting at verse number 6. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind of the lame, thou shalt not come in here. Hither thinking David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, the same as the city of David. And David said, "On that day, whosoever getteth up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief of the captain and captain." Wherefore they said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. So so David dwelt in the fort and called it the city of David. And David built round about from Milo and inward. And David went on and grew great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you, Lord, for your presence that every time we walk through these doors that you are here. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Lord, whether it be many or few, Lord, you have come to minister strength unto us, God. Help us tonight, Lord. I need your anointing. I need your help, Lord. I realize my nothingness, Lord, but I realize your greatness tonight. Knowing, God, that you can speak through the weakest vessel. Lord, something of strength to your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you can be seated. Amen. I want to speak on this subject tonight. Believing the impossible. Believing the impossible. Back a while ago, and it's been a while. I don't remember just when it was, but I remember pastor had come across this scripture and uh, there began to be a stir in my soul and in my mind and God began to deal with me and so I began to study uh, this scripture out. The Jebusites who lived in and had control of Jerusalem had told David in so many words that and, and, and remember something, this is David's first adventure as king of all Israel. This is his first adventure, amen, to take, amen, the rest of the kingdom that he felt like belonged to him, amen. They told David, though, the Jebusites felt that uh, Jerusalem was impregnable, There's no way you can break through. No way you can get inside this fortified city. In fact, even the the blind and the lame can keep you out. Amen. They were really telling David, the task that is before you is an impossible task. They were mocking him in the worst way. There's no one that likes to be mocked. Amen. They were implying to David that Jerusalem was impregnable, that the blind and the crippled could defend the city. Amen. That they didn't have to have all the warriors, but even the blind and the crippled can defend our city. That's how impregnable it is. There's just no way, David, that you can break through and, and take this city. Amen. It was a very important though for David to capture Jerusalem because it was impossible to have a national kingdom without the northern tribes. Amen, being a part of that kingdom and right now they were separated from Judah by the Jebusites. They were between them. Understand that Seven years earlier, Judah had received David as their king. But the northern kingdom had not received him yet. Amen. They were not accepting David. But at this point, they had come to the place now that they began to think differently. Let's notice how things have changed because in 2 Samuel 5 and 1, then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Now they are saying, Now we are willing. It's more or less we're willing to, to accept you as our king now, David. We're, we're seeing that. In fact, if, if, we, if we want to call back they had even told him, said, "You know, when uh, uh, you was the one that went out before us, and you was the one that came in before us, and you was the one that went to war, and and uh, even under Saul, you was you was the captain, you was the guy that took control, and you went out before us, and you came home uh, uh, before us, and and so now that." Uh, Uh, You was our leader then, now again we want you to be our leader. And Hebron was known as a priest city. But Jerusalem was to be known as a holy city. Hallelujah. Not every priest is holy. But he said, I want Jerusalem to be holy. Jerusalem was the inheritance of Judah. If you want to, we'll check that out real quick. In Joshua, Amen, eighteen and twenty-eight. I don't know why I got that up there or not. I may have, Amen. And Zela and Ephra and and Jebusai, which is Jerusalem, Gibeah and Kirjath, fourteen cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to their families. So. The tribe of Benjamin, in the beginning, Jerusalem was passed to them. It was their inheritance, if you please. But the tribe of Benjamin allowed the Jebusites to dwell among them. And the Jebusites grew upon them until it became a city of Jebusites. Now I want to tell you something, church. I want to quicken us tonight. Amen. That Uh, If we allow the enemy to live with us in our house long enough, sooner or later, amen, it will become their house. Come on. Hallelujah. Benjamin allowed the Jebusites to live among them. And before long, I'm going to tell you what happens. When you let some people come into your house and live with you, that aren't right, come on, that are idol worshipers or that don't believe you like you do, sooner or later that will rub off. My mama always said, if you hang around dogs, you'll get fleas. Now, I'm going to tell you, church, if we let people hang around us that aren't right, if we're not careful... Instead of us changing them, they'll change us. And before long, they'll take over your life. The enemy will take over your life. That's what happened to Benjamin. The Jebusites began to rule over the city. And they fell to the Jebusites instead of taking control and running them out. You want to run the enemy out of your house. You don't want him in your house. Hallelujah. 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 David could not attempt to take Jerusalem until the tribes that had long adhered to Saul's house would submit themselves to him. He could not have a divided kingdom because they were separated by the Jebusites. So for David's kingdom to be complete, He had to take over the Jebusites because they're between them. I'm going to tell you, there will always be something in our life, if we're not careful, there's something in our life that's between us and God. And in fact, in our day and time, I believe it's more prevalent than it ever was before that there's always something between you and church. I'm not... Understand, I'm not pointing fingers at any of you. Understand this, that I'm saying when it comes, amen, to the church, the devil wants to separate you from church. And any way he can do that, if he can use somebody to be separate you from church, then he's going to do it. Come on. He's going to put somebody in your way to keep you from, come on, getting to church, if you please. He'll take your Wednesday night service away, usually the first thing that goes. And pretty soon, it'll be your Sunday night. Isn't it something that it seems like Sunday mornings always last? Everybody just keeps coming on Sunday morning, but you don't see them the night services. You know why? Because something has separated them. David's seen the separation long enough. He said, Saul may have let it happen, but I'm not going to put up with it. Come on, church. We need to get it in our mind tonight that we're not going to put up with separation. Come on. I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in and separate me from God. Come on. Anything that separates me from church must go, must get out of the way. Come on. I'm not telling you that you can't work on Wednesday night. If that falls, you're, you you know, that's all right. You're going to have to do that. But I'm telling you, anything else that separates you from the love of God, you must move it out of the way. We're living in an hour. We cannot afford to let it happen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He could not have a divided kingdom. Amen. And letting the Jebusites, amen, separate the two kingdoms. If he was going to be king, then he said, I'm going to be king of all of it. Amen. This was our land. I'm just taking back what was given to us in the beginning. Come on, church. I said, he said, this was our land in the beginning. I'm just taking back what belongs to us. I'm, somehow, if I can get this through our mind and our spirit tonight, That I I come into this house, Brother Mason, time after time, and tears begin to roll down my face when I think of the ground that we've lost. Come on now, I'm not, you understand that I'm talking about my family and your family, those that have been, uh, that the enemy has come in and separated and and swiped them and brought them out of, come on, out of the church, and they've been separated now. And we've got a divided kingdom, uh, but we don't have to have, come on. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, church. It's time for us to get together and say what David said. I'm going to take my kingdom back. It belongs to me. God promised it to me. And nothing is going to stop me from taking it back. Hallelujah. 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 So David the Bible says that David built roundabout from Milo. And I began to study out Milo, and, it, and, and I began to get excited. He said, I'm going to build from Milo, the state house or the city hall, if you please. He said, I'm going to build from, from that. I'm going I'm to build this city. I'm going I'm to make it prosper. Hallelujah. Praise God. 2 Samuel 5 and 4. David was 30 years old when he began to reign over all of Israel. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. And he reigned 40 years. Notice, hallelujah. Does that remind you of anything? He he he, he began to reign. Amen. At 30 years old. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Come on. Began to preached the ministry, hallelujah, and he, he preached three and a half years, praise the Lord, 30 years old, amen, notice there are three religions that look to Jerusalem, and, and pastor brought this up, I believe, just a few weeks ago, as a holy city, there's Judaism, there's Christianity, and there's Islam, all three of those Look to Jerusalem as their holy city. I'm going to tell you, it can't be a holy city for all of them. Come on, there's only one God going to dwell there. David said, I'm taking it for my God. Come on, this is the center. Amen, this is going to be uh, the center of all religions. Praise the Lord. I want somehow to encourage our church that it will never be simple to do something significant for God. It will never be simple. It's not going to be a simple task. Whenever God stirs up, come on, you to establish truth in a new place. I want to tell you the enemy is sure to taunt us with whatever he can. He will tell us how many others have tried and how many have failed miserably. Hallelujah. So you might as well give up. Come on. He's going to assure you that it is an impossible task and you might as well give it up because there is no possible way that you can get the job done. Have you ever heard that negativism from the devil? You might as well just stop. You might as well quit. It's not going to happen. You're not able to do it. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. But if we are courageous enough. (laughs) Everybody say, but if we are courageous enough to go on a spiritual attack and to be mighty men and women of prayer and faith, there is absolutely no limit. Come on. (laughs) Oh, glory. No limit. Everybody said no limit to what God can and will do through us. The devil likes to call us nobodies, but I want to tell you, we're somebodies for Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, the Jebusites thought, well, you know, David might have used to have been somebody. He might have led the army in and out and had many defeats. But this is one time that David is fighting a losing battle. But I'm gonna tell you, he had God on his side. I must remind you tonight, we're in a battle for Mount Carmel, but we've got God on our side. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 we got God on our side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know. I feel like sometimes we're right in a Jebusite area. I feel like that there is something that's separating us that's keeping us from where we're going. Come on. You know, we felt it in Kingsburg. You know, we walked in and we, we felt that pressure. But I don't, I don't know about you, but I feel it greater now than I did then. There is a pressure in this city. Come on. I, I began to think about it. And there, there I know there was, there's two people that used to come through all the time. Even when we was in Kingsburg, I remember Brother Narlock used to come. And he. Uh, he, he time after time, he'd say, Brother McGee, there is something about Mount Carmel. That every time you drive through that place, you feel such an oppression. Brother Harris, another one, that said every time he'd drive through this city, there was an oppressing spirit that would attack him. I'm going to tell you, this oppressing spirit has attacked this church. But we do not have to take that attack lightly. Man, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Come on. I'm sorry, we may be in a Jebusite, come on, community, but I want you to know, like David, that we have got the power and the authority to take the divided city and bring it together for God's kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. I've been one of these that in my lifetime as I've, I've pastored that the harder it got, it the, the, the seemed like the, the more I fought. I'm one of them who don't like to give up. When somebody says they're going to stay home and they ain't come back to church, well, I'm going to just try to make a law out of them some way. I'm going to keep praying until the answer comes. Sometimes there ain't nothing we can do about it but pray. And sometimes we're better off to leave it alone and pray. Because sometimes you just stir up a big old rat's nest and make it worse than it was. But I'm going to tell you, if we can take it to God in prayer, come on. Hallelujah. David had sought the Lord. <laughs> hey, I've got to have this because this is part of the kingdom. God promised me that I was going to rule over all of Israel. And right now, I've got a northern tribe up here. that uh, I've, got, I've got some people that separated from me, and all that separates them is the Jebusites. Come on. David said, if that's the only city, come on, it's sitting way up here on a hill. It's impregnable. They can watch and look down. They said, we can put the blind and the lame up there, and even they'll keep you out. But you know what David said? Ain't no way you're going to do that to me, buddy. He said, I'm going to take care of the blind and the lame. I don't know what they were talking about. It might have been really what they were saying. But I'm going to tell you, it could have been their, their false gods that they put up there. They couldn't see. They can't hear. Hallelujah. He said, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to get up there, and I want you to take care of the blind. Throw them down the gutter. Come on. Hallelujah throw them in the gutter. Hey, where the water comes into the city, he so said, just throw them in that. And, and just get them out of the city. I want you to take the city. Amen. I want you to kill the blind and the lame. Those that they said that I, could, I couldn't even get through them, I want to take them first. Then I'm going to take the city. Come on. I'm going to take Jerusalem. It's going to be the holy city. It's going to be the center of God's place. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If we can just be courageous. Come on, if we can just have a spiritual attack, be mighty wo- mighty men and women of prayer and faith. come on. if we can just see the, and believe the impossible, come on, David said it may s- seem impossible. Ha! I, I believe he looked at that city just like he looked at Goliath. And he said, you've come to me with the sword, come on, and the shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I didn't come with the weapon like you come. I'm, I may only have a rock and a sling, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take you out with that rock and the sling. You may have all the fine equipment. That money can buy you. But I'm telling you, Goliath, you're going down today in the name of Jesus. I've done prayed. I've got five stones, but I'm going to have to use one of them because his name is one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe David took a look at the Jebusites and said, You may have a fortress up there. You may have... You may be able to look down on me, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make it to the top, and I'm going to look down on you. I'm going to win this city. Come on. We're living in Mount Carmel. We're on a hill. I'm going to tell you, we can take this city. Come on, somebody. i got to encourage us so we can take this city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just remind you of a, a thing or two. Let me tell you, if you didn't know, Finney never went to a seminary. Finney never went to a seminary. Nor was Moody ever ordained to the ministry. Yet through God, cities were turned upside down by the power of God through their messages. It was a God thing. It had nothing to do with human ability. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've ever read anything about Jim Cimbella, you'll find out that he didn't go to seminary. He didn't feel qualified, amen, to Pastor Brooklyn Tabernacle. Yet if you read any of his books, you find miracle after miracle happening. You know why? It's because he's got a church of prayer. His church was built on prayer. It's 24-hour it, it's prayer. Even while he's preaching, there is a group that's still praying. They've got a prayer time, and it's a continual chain, 24-hour prayer, never, ever stopping. Amen? And if you call a prayer request in there, there is a whole group that is praying over that. Then on Tuesday night, they get together on an off-church night, and they have... Corporate prayer where everybody comes together and prays together. I'm telling you, church, prayer is the key to having a successful church. And if we don't learn how to pray, we'll never have a successful church. Come on. we got to have prayer. David, for him to have a successful kingdom. Notice all the way through the Psalms you find David. He is, it's prayer. Psalms is full of prayers of David. Come on. The reason he was successful was because he was a prayer man. He was a prayer warrior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No personal or church situation is too big or hopeless for the power of God in our lives. Because it's Christ in us. The hope of glory. The enemy has been trying to tell us the task you have taken upon yourselves in Mount Carmel is too big for you. And you're going to fail. And he's right. It's too big for us. And we would fail. But it's not too big for our God. Come on, church, we're still here. 25 years from the little church, and we're still here. Eight, nine, ten people from the first church. September the 15th. Of 1990, we had our first Sunday school. There was 15 people there. I must remind you that any feat that we take on to do against the devil, any feat we try to build a church, or for the kingdom of God's sake, is not going to be easy. There's going to be battle after battle. It's going to be a continual thing till Jesus splits the eastern skies and lifts us out of here. He's trying, this church. And it is too big for us. But it ain't too big for God. I feel like, I feel like that our purpose has been separated. And right now, Mount Carmel's all standing our way. Because there's 35 churches in this city. Probably more now. A couple years ago, there was 35 churches in this city. And we're the only truth church in this city. We're the only one that has a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the only thing that's standing in our way of revival is this city. We've got smorgasbord church. You just take whatever you want, whatever you like. You just go and try out all of them, and you set where you feel comfortable. So people don't backslide anymore. They just change churches and go to another church, and everything's going to be all right. But I'm going to tell you, there's not 20 different ways to get to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the truth and the way. Hallelujah. So, church, I'm going to tell you, if we're, going to, if we're going to have revival, then we're going to have to get busy. We're still here. Amen. By the help of the Lord, we're still here. Come on. We didn't do it alone. No way. In fact, we wouldn't even be where we was at if it wasn't for God. Hallelujah. I pray about it all the time. Every time I pray, I tell God that, Lord, we didn't come here by the will of man. We came to this, Mount Carmel because, God, you led us here. My wife blames herself sometimes because we was at Brother and Sister Mason's and the paper showed up, and she happened to show me this building. And as soon as I seen it, there was something stirred inside me, Brother Freddie, and I couldn't. Couldn't get it off my mind till I called about it. And then I couldn't get, out, get it out of my mind until I brought the men of our church to this church, and we come through these doors and we look past all the imperfections. I don't know. We've got some perfectionists in our church, and everybody looked past the imperfection and seen what God could do. And there's something about the feeling that when we walked in this door, that we felt like God had put us here for a reason. Now I don't think God changes his purpose. If he wanted to do something back in 2007, he still wants to do something today. But I'm going to tell you something. The harder that we try, the harder the devil is going to work. And as soon as he sees us making some headway, he's going to do everything he can to stop the headway. Every time he can see growth, he's going to try to tear it down. And let me tell you something. I believe that the spirit of infirmity that's coming to this church is nothing more than a trick of the enemy, that if he can get our mind off the main thing, as Brother Sizemore would say, always keep your the main thing the main thing. Come on. If he can just get our mind deterred a little bit and get it on our own health problems, come on, I'm speaking to me. Come on, if he can get my mind on diabetes and get it off of him, come on. If he can get your health problem on you and, and, and off of God, then he's got it made. Come on. He's, he's building a Jebusite right here in Mount Carmel. And I'm telling you, we've got the power and the authority because when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power. And Jesus himself said, Greater things than thee shall ye do. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're still here by the help of the Lord. And I must stand up and encourage us. We can and will win Mount Carmel. One family. Or one soul at a time. Whatever God wills. Oh yeah. Lately we've seen some new faces walk through the doors. And you notice he tries to hold them out all he can. Doing what he can. It's about time for us to get a hold of the horns of the altar and begin to pray until the answer comes. Come on. There needs to be a spiritual awakening in this church. It needs to be just more than us praying. Come on. Our prayer rooms on Sunday night, men's prayer ought to be full with men of this church, every man of this church, not just part of it. Come on. Our prayer room over here to the side ought to be full on Wednesday nights of people praying and seeking God for an answer to revival. Because we're living in a Jebusite city, and that's the only thing that's separating us from revival church. We're in. see it's not messing this city's not messing with us, but it's messing with the God we serve it's Christ in us, the hope of glory it's the holy ghost holy ghost it's The power of God. And his power is unstoppable. Everybody say unstoppable. Hallelujah. I'm not holding you any longer. Amen. But I want to know tonight who's going to stand with me and believe the impossible. Who's going to believe with me that this city can be changed? I'm going to say something. Don't y'all take this wrong. But I'm going to tell you the biggest part of the churches is built on programs. And I'm going to tell you, in this apostolic church, we need more than a program. I'm going to tell you, the other churches may have better programs than we do. But it takes the power of God. And if you don't have that, then you're not going anywhere. You may have numbers, but you're not going anywhere. You're spinning your wheels without the power of God. And the way we get a hold of the power of God is through prayer. Oh, Jesus. I want to believe the impossible. There is a song, something about unstoppable. What is it, y'all, sing? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's stand tonight.